The Xbox Drive is powered by patrons at patreon.com slash Capri, And I want to say thank you to all of our patrons over there, especially our Diamond executive producers, Jonathan Brown and Slimer Snarf, our Platinum producer, Dallas Ford, and our Gold members, Argo, Ashley Nicholson, James Johnson, Gene Kay, Marcus O'Neill, Skinny Matt, Trucker Sloth, and Xavier Reyes. Thank you, everybody, for all of your support. Hey, everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car, and you're listening to the most horse-powerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford. He's a man on the moose, and on our journey today, I finally finished KOTOR. Halo might be doing something, so we'll talk about that. So jump on in to the Xbox Drive. Lots of stuff to talk about. Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Hi, Ryan Turford. Uh, weather updates in the polar vortex. It feels <laughs> it, it feels like minus forty one degrees today. It's, uh, it's oh my god. I don't think vehicles start at this point. I think um, I think whatever the universe is trying to do to uh, animals that live outside is trying to wipe it all out. Man, we're in an ice age. So uh, pulling the there's no McDonald's today. I'm actually in my basement. We're using uh, movie magic to make it look like I'm driving something. I don't even know what I'm driving at this point. But it's too oh, you'll cold. find out. It's too cold, even for me, man. I, I was born in this. I've been raised in, we always get about a week of this minus 40 uh, ridiculousness, but there's no way, man. Uh, I'm not going outside. I can't do it. It's cold. I'm cold in my basement, and I'm inside. I'm sheltered. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, if it makes you feel better, Sean, it's always cold in my apartment since I have metal walls on the outside of it. So it's, there's like no installation here. So not good. It's always not cold good. here. Mm. I mean, it's all good. But we that's what we, the price we pay for living in Canada, right? Well, so. we warm our we warm our spaces with um, with our Series X with our with our consoles, right? It just blows hot air, and then actually maybe <laughs> I should do that. I should just play more games. I'll be warmer. That'd be all good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the whole reason why I play games all the time, Sean. I never have to worry about this. Exactly. Uh, but I'm going to segue us out of this to cleaning the garage because we got to clean the garage a little bit, Sean, um, because obviously the same thing we say every week. Of course, we are on our way to 500 YouTube subscribers over at YouTube.com slash the Xbox drive. So if you like what we do, please consider subscribing to our channel. Uh, once we hit 500 subscribers, we will give away one year of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And all you got to do to enter is subscribe to the channel. That's it. Then you're entered when we eventually give away that prize. But Sean, yeah, we've been talking about this little other idea that we were thinking about doing. So uh, as we notice, when we go to youtube.com slash the Xbox drive right now, mm-hmm. we are at 298 YouTube subscribers, John. What's going what's gonna to happen when we hit that 300 mark? I think we're going to do a little special stream, Ryan Turford. I think we should do this a little bit more often when we do like 300, maybe 350, 400. We should do a little something special. We've basically been putting the episodes up lately. Like you do the crossroads, we do this. Um, you do stream every once in a while, but I want to do a little bit more. We have this YouTube channel, uh, and it's hilarious that I'm driving a car. That's the whole point of the show. Uh, but I'd like to do a little bit more on that. I'd like uh, maybe some Hitman footage should go up on there pretty soon, or maybe the medium and stuff like that. I want to get back on it, man. I, uh, I'm excited about it. But yes, maybe a little something special at 300. So let's Let's get there, man. We got two more to go. Come on. We got two more to go. So if, if you know someone, tell tell your mama, tell your dad, tell your, your grandma, mama. tell anyone who's not subscribed already. YouTube.com slash the Xbox drive. Go subscribe there. Yeah. And we might do something special. We might also have things to give away when mm. that happens, too. So, so look out for that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, man. Anyways, Sean, we should dive straight into the playlist because it's going to be a packed show this week. It sure is. Uh, and we got to talk about what you played because 
This is special to me because you finally finished Night Seal Republic. Sean, we can finally talk about we it. We can talk about it. Do you want to do like a spoiler? Like, do you want to do an extra? We haven't done an extra mile in a little while. Like, do you want to do a little something, something? You can say no. I don't want to put you on the spot. But like, we don't necessarily have like all the time in the world today to really dive into KOTOR. And what I would say, Ryan, before you even answer is KOTOR is like, it's, it's, it's the old, it's the age old Bioware stuff of like your decisions matter, your paths matter. And I think that's really where like the game's interest lies and probably in like multiple playthroughs right so i only played one time through i was i I went full dark side i killed everybody i didn't give a crap about anybody's needs or wants or whatever um you know people who i had befriended i betrayed (laughs) so i had a lot of (laughs) had a lot of darkness in my journey with kotor but i do think that like the the interesting conversation to be had is like weighing those against like the the light side options all the different like how the ending how different the ending can uh, can turn out because I had a I had a particular ending man I had I had a like I said like I had somebody who was um, who was a friend of the light side and I pulled her to the dark side as well and people who were friends they're dead they're all dead I killed them with my hands man like I did some <laughs> vicious stuff at the end of this game and that was probably some of the most interesting pieces of kotor but it's a it's an old game man i'm walking across like tatooine like this desert world and it's like it's just empty like there's a lot of walking around i was going back and forth on a on a couple of quests thinking that i'd completed it and i went back to go check in with that person and and they're like you don't have what i want i'm like i thought i already had it so i had to walk all the way back i did that a bunch of times but um overall i'm glad i played it i'm glad i stuck with it because I, I could have, you know, jumped to the medium or Hitman. I've been distracted by a lot of things. But um, I, I just thought that maybe you'd be proud of me for actually rolling credits on an RPG. I did it, Ryan. It took me about 30 hours in the end. I mean, no one can ever say the phrase again that Sean Capri has never finished a video That's game. That's true. I've changed history. Because we got proof right there. I mean, obviously, we all know that Sean's finished other games, but... You know, but no achievements, that dude. It's example. weird playing. Like you play a lot of these old Xbox games, uh, and there's no achievements, and that is so strange. Like it, there is no actual proof other than like I can walk you through what the ending was like, and like I can speak to it. But I mean, I could have watched a video to do that. There's no achievements. It's very weird that at one point in time we had games with no achievements. But Sean, the achievements were just there with you, the, you all along. I mean, you just you you had them in your heart. I that's, guess that's that, where that the real game because were. of all the choices and all the paths like that game would be ripe for uh, for achievements. That would be great to do, like get your light side ending, get your dark side ending and God knows what else. Like I want to I do feel like what I did with um, Dragon Age where I want to learn a little bit more on like what other possibilities were there. I don't know what could have happened to to Bastila. Like should, could she have happened? Could I have ended one way and she ended up another way? Like I don't I don't know. But I do think that's where some of the interest lies with this one. Yeah, for sure. And actually, uh, I wish that they went back and actually retroactively added achievements to some of these backwards compatible games, kind of like what Sony does yeah. for PS2, PS2 games, because they do that with uh, like Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. All those old games have achievements and stuff. So, yeah, I would love to see like Xbox do that for some of their older games. Whereas for me, that's less of a big deal because, number one, I play a lot of like older games than original Xbox, so NES games and stuff like that. And I mean, it's not weird when I play those games and there's no achievements either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more than that, if you play Switch at all, Sean, there's no achievements over on Switch either, though. It's so, awful. It's awful over there. I mean, yeah, it's just it's too much. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least pl- on PlayStation, at least there's trophies. So at least, you know, I can feel there's some satisfaction in completing mm-hmm. games there mm-hmm. versus on Xbox or, or sorry, on uh, Switch or somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome to hear that you finally finished it. And 
yeah, I would love to pick your brain sometime about uh, about the finale, but uh, we can talk about that mm-hmm. off air. Sure. We've got other things to talk about. Okay. Uh, you also played Hitman 3, though, Sean. So tell me quickly about that, because I know you played it just a little bit on stream last night. Yeah, yeah, I just started it up. I was really excited to finish KOTOR on Monday, and then, yeah, last night on Tuesday, I played at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. Please subscribe. Get me up there. I'm almost at 600 um, followers, by the way, on, on Twitch. So, yeah, man, look at that. Um, just hit 500. Anyways, um, Hitman 3 might be my gateway drug into the stealth genre. You and I have had many conversations about how stealth games are not for me. I, I am not very good at it. But at the very least in the in the intro to this, I think it does a wonderful job of, of walking me into this. I should mention, I've never played a Hitman game ever. I've always seen these things. Um, we were lucky enough to get a code for this, so I tried out the the initial training. And the training, it does, a, it does a great job of showing you all of the different ways that you can accomplish your mission. And, dude, my mind is, like, completely wide open to all of these different options, ways to get onto the ship where your target is is sitting, ways that you can fool different, like, guards or checkpoints to, like, get past them. Uh, this game is, I can't wait to dive more into it. Because, like I said, they, they, they give you very specific instructions in that first mission to go, like, do this and then do this and then do this. And I'm like, got it, makes sense. And then they give you, like, a freeform one, like go have fun and by the way there's these there's these challenges that um that if you do these things which maybe this is not the 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 way that you would uh think about accomplishing your mission like be getting onto the getting onto the ship dressed up as a security guard person instead of this other way that you might get onto the onto the ship makes it's like an achievement system built in and there's like dozens of them there's so many different ways to tackle these missions and the just the intro like just the training i'm going to be like diving into that over and over and over again just to get all of the different options there so i'm really excited the game runs really great by the way it looks amazing and like i said i think this is going to be the first time i get into it into a stealth genre game it's totally doable it seems like the rules make sense to me with this of what will get me caught and what won't get me caught um so i'm excited man i'm i'm really i'm really hyped for hitman 3 so far Dude, that's awesome. I mean, I know that you hate stealth games. So when when you told me you were excited to play Hitman, I'm like, I don't know if Why? Sean's going to like this game. <laughs> I know. But but at the same time, I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying it because I, I think that there's definitely some potential that maybe I can rope Sean into other stealth right. games now. I think that that's maybe what we need to do. Maybe this is what we needed to finally get Sean to play stealth in Assassin's Creed games. Possibly, possibly. I mean, there's Who so knows? many options over there. But you're right. Like, this is why I struggle so many times with, like, you know, there are certain genres I haven't quite hit yet. Um, I don't know. Like, this one, this one, I didn't want to have my mind close to it because I was hearing so many great things about it and people were really enjoying it. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to miss that. So I don't want to be, like, just because I hadn't found a, a stealth game yet that I that I really loved or maybe can think of off the top of my head. This is one that I, I still wanted to give a try. So there you go. I'm going to be playing that yeah. for for a little bit. And Ed, your story actually kind of reminds me about my story with RPGs where like I had a really bad experience on the NES with a really terrible RPG called Genghis Khan 2, I believe. We rented it from the store one time and uh, it turned me off completely from RPGs and it wasn't really until I found the right RPG, which was Shining Force 2 on the mm. Sega Genesis, which is like a tactical strategy game, very similar to Fire Emblem. Right. Um, that that really got me into RPGs and I had had my, my walls completely cut off from that entire genre and it, all it took was one game to kind of turn that around for me and now i mean i can't stop playing RPGs everybody has that game know, that would be so. a really that'd be another interesting like extra mile for us to do like what are our gateway games like for for our like jrpgs for me it was like persona 4 right and for like western rpgs it was probably something like like either mass effect or dragon age or something like that like dude like there's so many of those like where you just kind of like jump ship and your eyes are open to a whole new a whole new world man yeah for sure well sean was you playing? speaking of games that i played I played one game on Xbox this week. I played 
Habroxia 2, nice. which we actually just got a code for a, a couple days ago. I finally had a chance to, to sit down with it yesterday. Um, and I honestly had a lot of fun with this nice. game. I, I talked about the original Habroxia, which came to Xbox last month, I believe, mm-hmm. in January. Um, we had gotten a code for that one. And uh, I really love that. I, I like the first game. What I liked about it was is it was almost like an entryway game. Talk about gateway games. Like it was kind of like a gateway game for side scrolling or shooters yeah. in general, because I'm not very good at those games and they're known for being grueling, difficult uh, the games, stuff like R-Type and Gradius and Life Force, like all those games are really hard. (laughs) Um, They're fun and I like, I like the idea behind them, but I'm never good at them and it's always a feel bad when I play them. Mm -hmm. So Hobroxia I felt was like a really good intro for anyone who's new to those games because the difficulty was like on the easier side. It was a lot more approachable um, and it had some unique elements as well. For example, when you were playing through the stage, it would start side scrolling, but then um, the screen would rotate and it would actually go become a vertical oh, shooter cool. mid-stage. Um, and then we'd go back and forth. It'd also give you some different objectives as you played it. And all that stuff carried over into Habroxia 2, but it's a just a much tighter package this time around. I can definitely tell, though, with the second game, they've upped the difficulty a little bit, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, because as someone who still is on record as saying that I'm terrible at these types of games, I'm, I'm still getting through it without many problems, mm. but I'm definitely noticing it is a little bit harder to get through some of the, uh, some of the levels. Yeah. Um, they added this like overhead map to the game with, di- with different branching paths for each level. Like you can find secret evo- uh, exits in each level and it'll unlock Yo. Uh, like a B path to like the, the, the next level. Yeah. It's exactly like, Star I Fox. love that. So it, yeah. So I, I love that element to the game. Like it, it really plays things up and it kind of always is making you look all around the stage and like and kind of comb the area and be like, OK, where can where are some of these secret exits to some of these stages or what what secrets can I uncover? Because there's also a, a lot of unlockables in the game as well mm-hmm. that can be that have to be found in all the stages. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, I am not super far in it. I'm, I'm maybe like four or five levels deep again i'm i'm not imagining it's a long game yeah the first one was pretty short i i told you before i'd beaten that one in, in a single sitting and uh overall i'm really impressed with Abroxia too um, i'm so jealous you're I'm playing seeing. it man i might have to buy this one this sounds like i love these kind of games i think it's like 10 bucks too so it's like super is cheap. it really uh, oh my gosh i might have to yeah. look this up it also looks great like the visuals are so much so much better than the first game i think uh the music is really awesome uh, so yeah, I'm totally dig- digging her up. Broxy too. Uh, again, way, I think it's leaps and bounds from what I've played so far. Leaps and bounds better than the first game. Oh uh, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So written by Colin Moriarty and, uh, um, uh, developed by Lily Mo games. I'm really excited by this one, man. I, this is definitely my type of game. And when the code came in, I'm like, you're the one who played the first one. So it's probably best for you to speak to this and, and compare it maybe to the first one. But I'm like, golly, this game looks awesome. I can't wait to try it out, man. I might have to. Yeah, pick this honestly, up. I think you're probably going to really like this game. Mm. And uh, the story itself, there is a story, but it is very minimal. Uh, um, oh, okay. There is a couple of lines of dialogue at the beginning. And then you, you see some story elements play out in specific levels, but not every level has story in it. So I wouldn't go into it uh, looking for deep story or anything like that but the gameplay is, is fun enough to keep me coming back um so i'm definitely looking forward to playing it more and kind of reporting back if anything changes before next week's show however i should inform the the listeners in full transparency a lot of my time has been devoted to playing persona 5 royal sean because i'm trying to finish it before uh strikers comes out because i didn't play through the royal edition i'm near the end of the game 
And uh, unfortunately, that one's not on Xbox. But I wanted to mention it here because that's pretty much been occupying like all my consciousness when I haven't been at work. I cannot so. wait to start the PlayStation Drive. I can't wait for you to have a, a second podcast. You can just do the PlayStation. And you can do the Nintendo Drive. I've always thought that that should be a thing that, that should happen. We should have more of these Drive shows. But I, I, I figured that was going to be saved for me and Garrett Bland's RPG show that we can't just talk about Atelier games the whole time, Sean. We were going to also talk about Persona and some other stuff. You're going to need more than 40 <laughs> minutes for that show as well, which is... Hilarious well, it'll be like about. four hours per episode. Exactly. It'll, be, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. But Sean, let's slam the brakes on this conversation. <laughs> Dude, the meta it's time on that for podcast, wait, news. no, I'm slamming the brakes on you. The meta for that, that RPG show is that you've got to get through the first two hours before it starts to get good. That would be amazing. Well, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's the tagline. Yeah. All right, Sean, let's start with our first news story. All this right. one is about the Master Chief Collection. And this one kind of came out of nowhere because uh, every once in a while, 343 releases what they refer to as the Master Chief Collection development update. They basically uh, like indicate if there's, because there's like seasons for Mass Effect, or not Mass Effect, uh, Master Chief Collection content mm-hmm. um, with each new patch. And in this newest one that they released this week, they teased that there will be a new place to and way to play their Master Chief Collection that will be announced very soon. So... Of course, this got the internet in a tizzy. Mm-hmm. But before I let you answer, Sean, we're going to let Tony Baker into the car with us because he actually Baker. had a question about this. Tony Baker at Tony Baker 87. He asks, longtime listener, first time questioner. What is the new way and place to play Halo business? <laughs> People are jumping right to the conclusion that it will be something like Master Chief Collection on Switch. I don't think that's it. But if not, then what is it going to be? VR, discuss and please show your work. Show your so, work. Sean, what what do you make of this? Because I think this is uh, this came kind of out of nowhere with yeah. uh, Master Chief Collection. What do you think? What do you think about this news actually is pointing to? Dude, v- VR would be unbelievable on PC. Wouldn't that be incredible to have? Like, and they had a they did have like a, a very short Halo experience on some sort of VR thing a couple of years ago. Um, it was like one of those like target practice things um, for whatever HP uh headset it was vr would be crazy i mean like what are the places to play like in terms of showing our work it's a you know it could be switch it's i guess it's possible uh vr Mm -hmm. seems to make most most sense to me i'm pretty sure that's already on like streaming um like xcloud or whatever we're calling it it's there it was like the first thing it's like the the only thing you could play on ios back in the day um so i don't know man i don't like i think vr does make sense but what are your what are your thoughts on this yeah i'm i'm with you like i'm kind of I'm not sure what to make of this announcement because um, I I personally am kind of in Tony Baker's camp where I don't think it's necessarily going to be Switch. I mean, it could be. I mean, they have put other games on Switch before, but they Microsoft seemed to make it sound like games weren't coming to Switch anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So I'm not imagining it's there, but you never know. Um, And I don't think it's going to be PlayStation either. Um, Maybe it's iOS. Maybe maybe this is them teasing that maybe the iOS app for game pass is going to be sooner than we think it is. Um, maybe that's a possibility. Uh, VR would be really interesting, but at the same time it would make someone like me probably like super motion sick because just playing the game as is with the, the motion that master chief makes. I don't know if I want to do that in VR. Mm-hmm, cause mm-hmm. That'll make me very sick. Uh, Cause for whatever reason I get like super motion sick with VR. So I don't know. What if I something as really lame as like Epic store? Like what? <laughs> They just put it on the like different stores. I think that's the Steam. most realistic popu- yeah. possibility, actually. But the fact that they specifically say way new place and way mm-hmm. makes me makes it sound more like it's probably VR or switch or yeah. iPhone. Yeah. 
So oh, I'm thinking yeah, it's VR, one of those yeah. three things. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Well, I, I love the tease. I love, I love that, and I love that people are getting excited by Halo news. This is what we need. Yeah, man. we need a little bit of hype for for Halo. This also, year. we didn't have it in the, on the docket too either. But they, they also look like they're hiring for a new Halo game. Yeah, of some kind besides Infinite. So that's exciting. We didn't want to talk too much about it because we just don't have any details on that. But yeah, we'll, we'll throw that in there as well. Next up, though, speaking of new platforms that uh, existing games are coming to Forza Horizon 4 and all of its DLC is coming to Steam on March 9th. It will also feature cross-play with the Xbox and Microsoft Store PC versions, so you can play with anyone anywhere in Forza, which is awesome. It's uh, it's cool to see Forza Horizon 4 come to a new platform. Also, I'm just like, why didn't this come to Steam when it right. first came out? It's weird to me. Yeah, you think they uh, would have been already there, and it, like Microsoft just continues to have huge success on Steam, and it's just like, you know, it, it seemed more of like a principle type of thing before that it wasn't there. And once once they kind of made the, the leap to to PC and having the games kind of like anywhere, like why not make money on Steam? I think it was maybe just trying to avoid giving the 30 percent or whatever it is to Steam or to Valve. But my, my goodness, it's so encouraging to see like Sea of Thieves is so popular on there. State of Decay 2 is, is ridiculously popular on there as well. Um, and of course, Halo Master Chief, like a lot of these Microsoft published games on Steam are I mean, it's good. More people can play it. And it's funny to me as somebody who does play on PC that like there are people who like I have Steam and I have access to my Xbox games. Like, why don't people just like you have a PC? There's nothing stopping you from just like going over and getting it on the Windows store or whatever. But having it uh, having it on Steam, I guess, is is a big deal to people. So uh, more people will get to play one of the best racing games that's uh, that's available. Unfortunately, it's not Forza Horizon 3, but it's pretty good, man. Yeah, well, that way it also works in with like Steam, the Steam friends list and stuff like that, too. I guess. So, yeah, good point. I think that's part of the reason why people like stuff on Steam as well. Not only that, but Steam sales are, are mm-hmm. a thing on Steam. Yep. Good so point. There, there is also that factor to consider. Like they happen much more often than like the Microsoft store on PC does. So um, I know people look at it that way and people just also just like having like one place for their entire library of games on PC. Yeah, that's so a- they don't have to go through a bunch of different clients. I guess so. so. I, I get it from that from that sure. aspect. Um, especially cause like when I was really into buying PC games, Sean, like that's what I would do is I would, bu- I, I was buying all my games on steam. So then I had them like in what, like one giant list of like 500 games on PC that I could go through and be yeah. like, this is my collection of PC games. You know, I will walk that back a little bit because I don't necessarily like fire up my Epic game store thing all the time. Uh, my Xbox, like, it's just, I guess it's what your home is. Like, what are you, what, are, what where else are you playing games is what you're going to open. Yeah. So if you've already got a huge library of games on steam, then you're going to open steam and then you'll see forza over there so yeah i'll walk that back a little bit i I like to poke fun at the pc people but yeah no i think that makes sense yeah for sure i mean i'm not a p i'm not a pc gamer i used to be and and i subscribe i know that was something that was super important oh my god that was my first gaming magazine i love pc gamer holy crap oh yeah back in the three effects if half-life 2 when that came out and it was uh half-life one man half-life one and unreal goodness great try star siege tribes all the first person shooters dark forces oh god we're going to start the PC drive pretty soon here. <laughs> We're starting so many podcasts today, Sean. I don't know what's every going day, on. Every day of the week. I don't know if we have the bandwidth for this. We will start it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a conglomerate or something. I don't know if that's the right word for maybe. what we're doing well sean this next news story isn't going to start a new podcast but it will cause you to shake your fist at the camera oh, probably I can't believe this is on the it's list it's time to talk about crash bandicoot Sean. Right, crash bandicoot 4 it's about time is getting a series x and s version that will launch on march 12th it will run at 60 frames per second in native 4k on series x 4K. which is actually pretty exciting um it will be a free upgrade for all owners of the xbox one version via smart delivery so if you're someone like me already has that version or um if you picked it up i think it was on sale two weeks ago for like 20 dollars canadian so like 
you could have had a brand new Series X game for that price, which is which is pretty cool. Again, Crash 4, I loved it. It was a ton of fun when I played it last year. One of my favorite games of last year. And uh, I'm so happy that it's finally getting kind of an kind of an updated version. Again, that version already looked really good on Xbox One, even when you played it in backwards compatibility mode. Um, so but the fact that it's going to run in need of 4K, I think it's kind of a, a, a pretty big step for this game. So, yeah, I'm excited to definitely play that. I'll, I'll definitely check out this updated version next month, especially because, again, we don't have too many March releases for Xbox. So yeah, just uh, wait for I'm May, man. May is going to be a disaster. So yeah, get her, get your gaming in Ryan. I quick shout out to smart delivery. Every time that this comes up, this is worthwhile. Um, because guess what? PlayStation doesn't have anything even close to smart delivery and it's a disaster over there. And everybody tries to downplay it. It's awful. You're not sure if you're downloading this or that. Like we don't even think about these things. It's ridiculous. So shout out to smart delivery. I know that like people are kind of like poking fun at it at the start, but guess what? There's no doubt that you're playing the absolute right version on whatever console you are. That's a big deal because there's a lot of Xbox consoles that have different versions. There's like there's games that are playable on the original Xbox one, the VCR, the S, the X, the Series X, that like all the things, man. Shout out to Smart Delivery. It's a big deal. Yeah, I was reminded of Smart Delivery this week when uh, Neo 2, the Neo 2, mm-hmm. uh, the O collection came to PlayStation and they only offered the next gen upgrade for Neo 2, but not Neo 1. And I have both games and I'm like, do I really want to pay $70 again to buy just Neo 1? Yeah. We mastered. Nope. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, smart delivery. I, I love it. It's great. Big time. And uh, I love that I get a free upgrade like this. Well, next up, Ubisoft have announced that Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake has been delayed indefinitely. Uh, they basically put out a tweet this week that said that, that we're delaying the game for quality reasons and we can't really tell you when it's coming out. And I mean, this has been like the third time they've delayed this game because it was supposed to originally come out in January. Then it was supposed to come out next month and then it was going to come out in May and now it's not coming out anytime <laughs> soon. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, I'm really interested to see what what the, the new version of this game is going to look like after the delay because it sounds like they're going to basically be almost like rebuilding the visual style like from the ground up essentially which is going to be really interesting because i know a lot of people weren't excited after the initial reveal um and i'm glad that ubisoft is taking the time to do this because um obviously even though this is a a, like a remaster of of an older game um it is an important game to a lot of people like this was actually one of my favorite original xbox games Mm -hmm. and i love prince of persia the sands of time and i want to see them do it justice so i definitely think that they're definitely taking the right approach here it's a bummer that we can't play it right now because again we should have had this in our hands already right Um, but i'm glad that they're taking the time that they need to to do this well ubisoft just announced it's ubisoft by the way you're triggering me with this ubi business um ubisoft just announced that they had like their most successful quarter ever so like it actually makes sense they don't need this game to drop for any like real financial reasons i don't think and you're right like this game is very important to certain people i'm surprised or or i guess maybe if if it is the case that they do a complete overhaul on the visual style i will be surprised because that was one thing that they really talked about that like this is a true remake and they're they're not just upresing the 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 final the, the last version they're actually like recreating it to a certain extent and so for them to do that over again is kind of a big deal um, and, and now we're starting to see this kind of happen a little bit more and more, right? I was just, I was reminded, um, of the Sonic, the Hedgehog movie as, and this makes sense in my brain. So just follow along because there's a sequel coming yeah. out, of course, uh, coming out next year. And I, I was reminded of that whole journey where they announced like what that, what that movie looked like. And they redid that whole look. Um, there's now this, there's Halo, there's all these 
fan reactions to how games and media kind of look and it's causing these companies developers publishers movie movie studios to just pause a little bit and go like maybe we need to rethink this and i am of multiple minds of this where like i think it's probably good but i you know me with mob mentality i don't i don't love the mob taking over but <laughs> there is a certain extent where you need you need these creators to listen to what what fans are saying so as long as they're able to do that and i think in a critical and and smart way and not too distracting like like what i would say like what happened with mass effect 3 was not the right way like i i, I don't know i feel like the mass effect 3 ending is was fine um yeah it wasn't until somebody like really broke down all the colors and i thought like oh that kind of that kind of stinks but i was fine with it so yeah i'm i'm glad to see them doing something about this i can't wait to see what that exactly that is and uh we got games to play in the meantime so i'm never upset about these um about these delays mm. yeah and, and i mean this is uh, in a pattern as well with all of ubisoft's games as well getting uh getting delayed as well uh, <laughs> true enough. we've got far cry, far cry. Yeah. we've got writer's republic um Rainbow Six Quarantine, like all these games were supposed to come out pretty soon. Yeah, like all these games were supposed to be out with like with by May, they were supposed to all be out. So um, and now they've all been delayed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and they talked about it, too, in their financials uh, that they are also looking to kind of go back to to mine more from their back catalog as well, because they don't want to be over reliant on just triple a games right of now of course like yeah. big triple a game releases so it sounds to me like maybe a we might get smaller releases from ubisoft coming forward or b like maybe we see some more remakes from them like i think that they have a lot of really interesting older games that they maybe could revisit uh like prince of purchase so if this does well yeah i would l- love to see what they do with some of their older titles bring back well. steep maybe this means we get a new raid man game <laughs> or that yeah that's probably better that's better than steep yeah exactly well next up Minecraft Dungeons, speaking of financials, uh, Microsoft announced this week that it has reached 10 million players across all platforms. Um, In celebration, there's going to be some free cosmetic items coming for all players, as well as we got some new details about the Flames of the Nether DLC, uh, which is coming on February 24th for the game. I think that's part of the season pass, but then just like every time they have a big content release for Minecraft Dungeons, they release some free content as well. Like there's going to be, I think there's going to be a free level as well as some other stuff. So look out for that on February 24th if you're enjoying Minecraft Dungeons. And this last news story, Sean, this one just kind of came out over this morning. Tales from the Borderlands, which was delisted after Telltale Games went under is finally returning to the Xbox store on February 17th. Sean, did you play Tales from the Borderlands at all? I, I don't know. We've never no, no, it. I haven't played that one. I played make the first hour of the first episode, and then somebody said that there was going to be spoilers if I hadn't played Borderlands, whatever the next one was, too, I think, at the time. So I hadn't. Yeah. So I stopped, and I think this would be this would be fun to to jump back into. I think I've, I think I must still have it. Uh, and like, is this one of those, yeah. like... It was on Games with Gold twice, mm, Sean. That's so how, I would imagine yeah. you probably have it. Yeah, like, that's I how I would have played it. Yeah, I don't know. But if people are new to Xbox who might have missed this title. Like, I think this is a slam dunk. Like, uh, Tales from the Borderlands is a really funny, like, Telltale-esque game made by Telltale. And uh, I, I think it's fantastic. Like, as someone like me who's not a Borderlands fan, I really enjoyed Tales from the Borderlands. I, I thought it was great. I thought the, the writing was fantastic. Um, and I definitely encourage people who have never played it before to definitely check this out. This isn't a next-gen upgrade or anything like that, though, so it is just... It's just the available Xbox One again. version. Yeah. So you're not, you're not getting anything new if you didn't buy it before, but it's like Scott Pilgrim, where it's it's going to be a, a great uh, way for people to jump into this game that was kind of lost to time if you didn't pick it up 
when it was available. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that the game preservationist in me, Sean, is very happy by this announcement, and I'm glad to see it come up. But I, I'm I I think this is the type of game too where I think you'd probably really enjoy this. So I have to be. You know me well. with like I want to get to tell me why, which um you know is sort of this narrative driven adventure type of game, point and click type of adventure. I really have to be in the mood for these types of games. I feel like I'm just a like a, a bit of a Debbie Downer on some of these games, but I don't know. Like you're right, I probably would like this once I start to play it. But for whatever reason, it's not these aren't games that I go like I push kids over to go get to. <laughs> I don't sense. know why that, that's always my my analogy, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, it's certainly something. It's something. But uh, Sean, before we get to the carpool, yeah. because we got we got about ten minutes. Yeah, left. we're good. Uh, I'm gonna sneak in this one little thing. If you permit me, Sean, yeah, do give it. me two minutes to talk about <laughs> Final, Final Fantasy fourteen <laughs> and Walker. Because we got the because this is kind of Xbox adjacent. Number one, this is coming to PC. Yeah. Number two, again, I'm ninety nine percent confident this expansion is coming to Xbox this fall. Yeah. So they just couldn't announce it here because they don't announce platforms sure. at this at the early showcase like this. So basically, they had a big Final Fantasy fourteen um, dev showcase to basically announce a whole bunch of stuff. They announced Endwalker, which kind of uh, ties together all of the the story threads from all of the previous Final Fantasy 14 expansions. And it's essentially the end of the story oh, uh, thank because goodness. Final Fantasy 14 is an MMO that is very heavily story based. It's all about the story of Final Fantasy 14 with so much of the content. Um, and it's the main reason why I play the game right. is for the story, because it's probably one of the best Final Fantasy stories, period, across all the games. Um, and, and it spans four different expansions, which each expansion feels like its own game. Mm-hmm. So it it uh, is basically telling this giant story and it's finally all culminating with Endwalker. They, they did say that after this expansion, there will be more expansions with a new story that's going to f- start after the first patch of this expansion. Um, and it's coming to uh, consoles this fall. So fall uh, 2021. Again, they didn't list platforms, but I'm 100 percent confident. 100. This is coming day and date with uh, with Xbox. Uh, this fall. So uh, I want to talk about it here briefly. Um, we're going to the moon in the expansion as well, which is a big thing in Final Fantasy games. Again, in Final Fantasy four, that's kind of like the big final area of Final Fantasy four is the moon. The moon. Um, so there's a, a big base on the moon that we're going to explore. There's a new class, a healing class called the, the, the sage that heals people with these like crystal shards that look like funnels from Gundam. Cause yes, I'm a big dork. I like anime. I'm a big dork. And, <laughs> And uh, yeah, it looks really promising. I am super hyped to see kind of the culmination of this giant story that I've loved for so so many years uh, finally come to a head with it with uh, and Walker. And uh, I'm super jazzed for this. This is probably one of my most anticipated games of the year. And I'm so excited to play it this fall. But Sean, Brian, I get you. I promise you only two minutes. So let some of our our friends into the car with us. It's time for the carpool. And we got two questions this week, Sean. We're going to start with Todd Oxtra at Toxtra and he asks and I'm going to I remember did this question a little bit Todd because uh, I think you left one of these games out but will Halo Infinite and Psychonauts 2 be the only Xbox first party games released in 2021 even Todd forgot about Psychonauts 2 so I wanted to make sure okay. that uh, we wanted to make sure to kind of omit that from our conversation so Sean do you think we're going to see any Xbox first party releases at all this year besides those two games. Dude, like maybe that seems like a major problem, doesn't it? It seems I think I think Todd's on to this and I think Todd asked a question um, a couple of weeks ago as well, like what are our most anticipated games for uh, for 2021 coming from first parties and it's like, dude, I don't 
know. Like, um, there were screenshots that went out for uh, Hellblade, Hellblade 2, uh, running on Unreal 5, and it's just like, I don't even know if there were screenshots but or, or what it was, but just it looks incredible, but mm-hmm. that's obviously... No, they were screenshots. Was it like, that's what they said. Yeah, so, I mean, the game looks great. It looks awesome, but definitely not, definitely not this year. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything, like, surprising coming in from... Maybe there's something from, if you want to count it, like, from... Uh, Bethesda or something? I don't know. Like, there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of studios coming into first party that maybe there's something that you could see, like, them announce, kind of like what they did with Fallout 4, where they do, uh, you know, an E3 re- reveal. That's the other thing we didn't talk about is, like, E3 well, they do that with 76 event. as well. I'm sorry? They did that with Fallout 76 as well. Uh, so right. They, they did, they, Bethesda does that with the game, Bethesda Game Studios games or even the, some of their larger games. They'll announce them and then they're out in two months. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you never know with Bethesda. That might actually happen. But How sorry, go, be, go ahead and see what you're going to say about E3. Well, there is a, there, there's there's going to be a digital event, which is great. I, I'm hopeful that that will be something that everybody participates in. That's that's how that becomes an interesting sort of thing to, to do. But dude, like, this is an issue there how like year one or at least like the, the launch window you can maybe understand but this this launch window is extending into like year one where we go like this is totally opposite of what the switch did in terms of every like when the switch launched it was like every month there was a first party release and they were big deals and now you look at the switch is like this meteoric success and i just don't know how you're able to even like get close to that if you don't do that that's i i give huge amounts of credit to nintendo they rewrote the playbook on how you launch a console they did it in, in what february or march like late february or early march and every month there was something for you to play and those games are still selling to this day so i don't know i might be going on a rant and totally forgetting about something but like coalition no like 343 is the only one um mm-hmm. fable is not coming out anytime soon there's a rumor that maybe there's a forza game coming out this year uh, maybe playground's got something to announce that it, it's possible but dude like i don't i don't know like state of decay is, is state of decay 3 is forever away i don't know like what do you got on this yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'm the same boat as you. I honestly don't think that they've got anything besides maybe have a new Forza. Brutal. I mean, that'll be enough. Honestly, like that. I mean, not enough for Xbox, but like for me, I'd be super happy with Horizon Five. I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even even Motorsport, uh, the next Motorsport game is 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 a ways away. So yeah, dude, I don't know. And I I would have forgotten Psychonauts too as well. Really, not yeah, registering exactly. for me. Yeah, it is a smaller game, but I do think it's definitely a game to keep your eyes on, especially with how good the first Psychonauts is. I mean, we're going to talk about that down the road in the crossroads. So, I mean, that, that it will, will we definitely talk about Psychonauts because um, that game is awesome. And I'm so excited that there's going to be a sequel for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, other than those two games, like we kind of already got the vibe from all the showcases last year that like most of the first party games are very far away. Yeah, it's and not good. I don't know. I don't anticipate unless there's a, a big surprise announcement that we don't know about that. I'm, I would imagine that there are no other first party games this year besides those two. And then maybe Forza, mm-hmm. um, or, or again, anything from Bethesda. I'm not counting Bethesda in this just cause again, the, the mean, acquisition you are getting is flight simulator on Xbox. You are getting that. I mean, if you want to count, I mean, I don't even know if they own that studio right now. Yeah. Not only that, but it's like one of those things too, where it's like, even if, if the, uh, the game is multi-platform too, it's like, do I really even think of it as like a new release box exclusive mm-hmm. from Bethesda? Right. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of my thoughts on that. But also let's let Seamus McIsaac into the car at famous Seamus. And he asks, so I noticed that the Xbox game pass quests have changed a little bit before there were two daily quests, one for playing a, a game on game pass and another for logging into game, the game pass phone app. But now there's only one Game Pass quest, the playing the Game Pass game quest, not the, the logging in quest. How do you feel about this 
changed. So first of all, Sean, do you do any of the Xbox rewards at all like this uh, with the, the app? I do. And, you know, it's funny that I, I didn't really... Um, I didn't realize this, that this was, this was a change that they made, but I have realized that I've not checked into my phone. So subconsciously I have noticed this thing where like I would, I would do it. Like I would be logged in on my, on my Xbox and I would see the quest and I'd like, I'll just go jump in on my phone and see what's going on over there. So I think that I like that that was a thing. I don't know necessarily like what exactly that was costing them to a degree where they would actually take it away or what decision making that surrounded removing that as an option. I like the quest, man. Like these are, it was exactly what I was saying with Hitman where it's like, I, and this is why I like achievements. It's, it's different engagement points for like, oh, I, I like this and I'll go check this out. And I was, I was trying lots of games on Game Pass last year. I didn't finish a lot of them, but a ton of games <laughs> I, I downloaded just because it encouraged me to even just download. I was getting quest reward points for just downloading a game or, or trying this or opening on my on my on my phone. There's these there's these pull mechanisms that are in place that um, change your behavior. And when that pull mechanism was gone, then I my behavior kind of reverted back. I haven't gone on my on my phone now. The other thing too, Ryan, that I that I should say that I wanted to bring up before because I wanted to check out Hyperoxia uh, on the Xbox Store. The app situation has got to be fixed with xbox yeah. this is a whole if we ran xbox topic but i i've got to be able to check my achievements on my phone app i've got to be able to like buy a game or even gift a game or something like that's a huge huge problem so i don't know what's going on with the app game it was looking good i'm a little disappointed with it how about you man yeah actually fun fact while you were talking there i went and did a double check because i saw that there was a, a quest for logging to the mobile app yesterday so I, I was like, oh, maybe maybe because I haven't checked into this in a while. Mm, yeah, we should I'm fact like check you. these questions. I kind of fell off a little bit. I was like, oh, maybe I'll wait 24 hours when we do the podcast and then kind of check again to see if there's a new one after I complain, uh, if I claim yesterday's one. So I did that. And while you were talking, I went and took a screenshot on my phone, which viewers of the video can actually see that I did, and saw that, yes, there is indeed a quest for logging into the phone app and one for playing the game today. Oh, so well, there you go. I'm guessing it might've just been a one-off thing because it looks like it's working. So mm. I actually included a screenshot in the video as well of me doing that. So uh, just to, to show off that I did find that that was a thing. So yeah, I, I, it looks like it's been fixed. I think it might've just been a temporary Good. thing um, that, that it was um, either that, or you had already redeemed it that same day fam- uh, with a Seamus. It's I don't possible. Know. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't notice it go away, but again, I'm like you, Sean, were. I was like super hardcore about doing my rewards quest every mm-hmm. day, but I've kind of fallen off a little bit of it too. So um, I actually wasn't checking it as much. So I was like, maybe I'm, am I crazy? Did they actually remove it? And no, it looks like it's actually Dude, there. There's so, so many good games that, on Game Pass. Like I want to get like Dragon Quest 11. There's, free, I mean, Kingdom Hearts is not really for me, but it's, but it's definitely there. Oh, by the way, if people want to, um, we're going to be closing up here pretty, pretty soon. Uh, we've been continuing Halo fi- or Halo Fridays. We should have this in, um, or Halo Saturdays. We should have this in our cleaning the garage section. Uh, Halo Saturdays continue. I think in Halo 5 possibly ryan turford might might switch over to halo 5 i want to know what people think about that do they hate it do you love it have you been missing out and you want to jump in and halo 5 would do it for you i want to know tweet us at it at the xbox drive i mean worst case scenario we'll switch to halo spartan assault sean and we can do nope, that, that is worst case scenario you're right you're right that is that's <laughs> terrible Anyways, Sean, but before we go, Sean Plugs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery. Capri like the pants. And if you want to throw us a little gas money, if you like the show even just a little bit, we'd appreciate your support at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. That's T-U-R-F-O-R-D because everybody always asks. You also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Xbox Drive, on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or on podcast services around the globe. But for Sean Capri, 
I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 177 of the Xbox Drives, and we're out. Bye. I really like Game Pass. Bye. Everybody should like Game Pass, and everybody should also like Smart Delivery. That's it for me. Bye.